0: Hey, everybody. That's Megan over there. Hey. <laughs> and I'm Hannah. And this is middle name Hercules. Woo! It's not Welcome to Hercules, but we could say Welcome to Middle Name Hercules. Did you say Welcome to Hercules? I did last time, you corrected you? me. Yeah, because I always listen to Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> anyway...
1: We do welcome
0: you, though. Yeah, that's just a little banter. That's free.
1: if you've made it to episode two, congrats. (laughs) We're sorry.
0: Mom, I'm so proud of you for (laughs) hanging in there.
1: (laughs) My parents have already told me they don't really want to listen. Oh, yeah. I will tell you, Mimi said she wants to listen, so hey, Mimi. (laughs) Hey, Mimi. How's your knee? Hope it's good. By the time this comes out, I'm sure it's going to be a
0: distant memory. (laughs) Okay. Let's get real here. It's going to take a while, isn't it? I'm I'm wanting to put it out soon. Really? Like okay. we're talking about being spooky season. Most true. So I think we should.
1: For reference, today is September fifteenth.
0: <laughs> wow, just call me out. We'll see how long it takes you to edit it <laughs> now, I guess. By the way, I'm I'm assuming you have no editing skills, so this is on Zero. Me. So this is on me. Yes. Okay. 100%. So if I go down, so does the ship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just clarifying. So if you don't like anything, the way anything is edited, get over it because I'm working a Yell lot. Yell at Hannah. <laughs> not me. This week we are not. We are we are finishing Phil Spector. We're putting a nail in the coffin. He's not dead yet. Oh, that's kind of sad. Well, you have something to look forward to. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> <It has. laughs> that's how <I> feel. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) uh, we left off last week um, basically discussing how Phil Spector turned his wife into a prisoner in her own home. She became an alcoholic, ruined their kids' lives, that sort of thing. And, you know, what could he do worse?
1: You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody knows at this point. Like you've got a whole story.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, we did watch a documentary on this last night, and Mom's like, I don't remember this at all. (laughs) And, like, the verdict came through in 2009. So, spoiler alert, there's a verdict. I don't even remember anything like that. Philip Spector. What's his middle name? Actually, his first name was Hector. Oh, okay. Huey. Something to start with an H. I should look it up.
1: Hector and Huey are pretty different.
0: (laughs) I should look it up, um, because he hated his middle... Or, he hated it called... His first name? Well, I mean... Uh He went by Phil, so I'm guessing he yeah, We should have just called him his first name. We should have. To avenge Ronnie. <laughs> and the lady he killed. Phil Lana Clarkson. We're gonna talk about her today, too. <laughs>
1: Harvey. 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 Oh, like Sabrina!
0: <laughs> love Sabrina. Sabrina's boyfriend was Phil Spector.
1: Ew, I don't love that. <laughs> Don't Harvey. Say, don't say that to me because that kid from Austin and Allie plays Harvey in the new one. Okay. He
0: also played Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. And my friend Dahmer. Fun facts. Fun fact: I never watched Austin and Ally. Aw. <laughs> I don't think it was out when I was watching. I was like in college. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, even when I was in college, I don't think it was out. When I was in college, I was watching The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody.
1: Oh, thought that have was been... a good show. I
0: thought that was when I was in middle school. Are you sure it wasn't Sweet Life on Deck? It might have been Sweet Life on Deck. <laughs> I might have caught a few episodes of Sweet Life on Deck. Okay. Sweet Life on Deck
1: seems more like when you would have been in college. Because I was embarrassed to be watching it because I was in high school and that was embarrassing at that point. And then I got over in college and was like, Disney Channel rocks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, the most embarrassing thing I thought to watch in college that, I mean, we were all in the common room was Jersey Shore. Oh, I love Jersey Shore. Now I GTL. Now I'm thinking maybe I should go back and watch it. I feel like it's a big cultural it moment to miss. It is. It's a big
1: thing for our for our generation. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely watch it.
0: I mean, I I do that with a lot of things. I read the entire Princess Diaries series mm, at yeah. the age of 27. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I read that when I was in um, middle school. <laughs>
0: Those are kind of heavy books. They have heavy subjects for middle schoolers. Yeah, yeah. I was just sheltered. I didn't know about anything.
1: Well, I watched the movie and saw that it was based on the book and was like, hey, mom. And my mom was just like, it's the Princess Diary. Sure. <laughs> Julie Andrews. <laughs> she was in it. And that Anne Hathaway girl. <laughs> Gary Marshall directed it. He's fine. He did Happy Days. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Love Princess Diary. Phil Spector. <laughs> okay. Harvey. <laughs> Harvey. Harvey.
0: She should call him Harvey twice. Okay. (laughs) Harvey, Harvey Specter. So last week we talked about how he ruined Veronica, Ronnie's life. Mm Mm-hmm. He ruined Ronnie's life, not Veronica, because she doesn't like that name. And we respect her name choice. Yeah, Harvey. Anyway. (laughs) In the middle of all that, he had been retired, as we said, in 1968. In 1970, the Beatles weren't speaking to each other ear popped sorry I can hear <laughs> so the Beatles weren't speaking to each other in that no, movie? no and they recorded most of the Let It Be album um, but nobody wanted to come in and put it together that's valid I don't want to talk to Paul McCartney either so um Ronnie's British boyfriend hey John back. Lennon John he calls Phil he's like Phil can you come put this together Harvey old chap as Lennon said often <laughs> old chap (laughs) old chap anyway so phil goes over and let it be is a of course it's let it be i've never heard it it's the album oh okay (laughs) (laughs) okay i was like you are not qualified to host this podcast anymore (laughs) that's so kidding (laughs) but i wouldn't put it past you really you are young you're young It's not that you're not experienced. I'm not a lot younger than you. I feel like you're acting like I'm 10 years younger than you. I'm not. I mean, you were going into college the year I graduated. You were going into high school the year I graduated high school. Okay. It's just, that seems like a lot. I still know more of our cultural
1: moments than you.
0: (laughs) Well, I was, I was busy listening to David Bowie in high school because I thought I was cool. Yeah. Yeah. As, as... Now, a rock and roll podcast host that focuses on classical rock. I'll tell you that you're not cool just because you only listen to classical rock. You are not. It's not a personality thing. Nope.
1: If you try to make it your personality,
0: you're pretty uncool. Yeah. Now, go listen to whatever the kids are listening to You No, days. I don't listen to that. Go listen to Camilla Camilla. Camilla. Camilla,
1: Camilla Cabella.
0: Camilla Cabella. Is Camilla. it Cabella
1: or is it just Cabella?
0: Shawn Mendes. Go listen to That's Shawn Mendes. That's a Mendez. guy, yep. Yeah.
1: Taylor Swift is still doing music. Is she? Yeah, yeah she's did folklore. To her? I think so. Folklore was a pretty big thing. But I did you're not a kid listen to You can listen to Taylor Swift
0: right into the podcast. <laughs> what did you think of folklore? Yeah. So, Phil Spector. Harvey. Okay. We're actually going to do this? Yeah. So he goes over to England. He produces the. Um, let it be yeah the let it be album and actually th- veronica said that was the happiest moment of their marriage because this was, Cause still he was in the gone middle. yeah because he was in england and she got to go to new york and actually go outside and raise their son like a normal person for while he was gone i wish her british boyfriend could have come to be with her during that oh i know doesn't everyone like john lennon is not a romantic hero
1: oh no he is not <laughs>
0: He would not have been better than Phil Spector.
1: No. He might not have killed anybody.
0: He might have let her out. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he was pretty violent until he met Yoko. And Yoko's like, I'm in charge now. (laughs) Say what you will about Yoko. She she really got that under control. (laughs) My mom blames her for breaking up the Beatles. (laughs) You know what? A generation of... (laughs) Women blaming people for men's mistakes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, the Beatles broke up because of the Beatles. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm not saying I agree with her.
1: I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying. for
0: our, for our podcast audience at home, if you're looking for anybody to blame for breaking up the Beatles, blame, blame the Beatles, <laughs> blame the Beatles specifically. Blame Paul McCartney and John Lennon and their giant, stupid egos. Yes, we said it. <laughs> One's dead, one's more famous than, I don't know, the Pope. I don't know the Pope's name. <laughs> I don't know. We're from the South. Did you know that um,
1: John Paul is the most used Pope name?
0: John Paul II. They say that all the time on Dairy Girls. <laughs> I cannot stress to you enough how not Catholic we are, so we apologize if we offend anyone I'm real of the sorry. Catholic sorry.
1: Why don't we family. cut that part out?
0: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so that's a resurgence in Phil Spector's career, producing that. And he goes on to work on both George Harrison and John Lennon's s- solo albums, both of which. Both the Jesuses. Yeah. <laughs> the Jesus and the anti Jesus. <laughs>
1: anyway. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Both, of course, went to be, you know, best-selling albums, and that really blossomed his career. So he went on in the 70s. He had a little renaissance. He worked with Leonard Cohen. I don't know who that. Is. Okay. He wrote the <laughs> Hallelujah song from Fred. Uh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. He did not sing the version in... Shrek, but that's his big song that everybody I knows I love Shrek again. I love Shrek. One time, when I was having like a psychotic, psychological break or something. <laughs> psychotic, I was like, whoa! <laughs> Not a psychotic break, but I was, I was having a, a, a low-key breakdown. I watched Shrek every single night. Shrek is a great
1: movie. Yeah.
0: Did you know that loving certain movies and being able to watch them over and over and over again is also a sign
1: of autism? I have read that. It's a sign of a lot of different mental disorders, though.
0: Great. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, watch Shrek every night for garbage. a
1: week. Remember when I got stuck on Rocky Horror Picture Show for a year? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> an entire year every night. I watched. It. I did the same thing with Twilight. <laughs> Happens. Yeah. Now it's Rocket Man.
0: <laughs> I love it so much. I love when you finally figure out that you've been under a great deal of anxiety your entire life, and you just never realized it, never picked up on it. Yeah. Because you're dense. <laughs> It's just what you're used to living with. So, I mean, <laughs> to you, that's just a lot. Like, walk around with a boulder on your shoulders your whole life. You'll 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 learn to bear the weight. Yeah. You take it off and you're like... <gasps> Where'd it go? Where's my, Where's my weighted blanket? <laughs> Where was I? Oh, he was working with Leonard Cohen <laughs> on um, Death of a Ladies' Man, which is universally, I think, by Leonard Cohen, fans consider the worst Leonard Cohen album. i never heard of that either. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, when he was working with John Lennon, he liked to pull guns on a lot of the artists he was working with in the studio. Oh! Yeah, and he would chase John Lennon through through the halls sometimes. One time, he actually pulled the trigger. No! You can't do that! <laughs> Luckily, he wasn't aiming at John Lennon, but it did go off right off right next to his ear. And John Lennon was angry. He said, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me. But don't mess with my well, effing ears. Wish. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry that was bad. I'm so sorry. You know, if you wind up dying by any kind of gunfire, a lot of the things you wind up saying sound pretty prophetic. Because, like, how many times do you say, just shoot me? It's so true, though. <laughs> oh, just kill me. <laughs> Like, oh. how many murderers have jokingly said, I'm going to kill you to their
1: friends? You know, I, I was listening to another podcast today, and they were talking about how, like, somebody was saying, I'm going to kill her or something earlier in the day, and, yeah, you yeah, know, he actually did. But <laughs> no one took it seriously. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's just a
0: joke. Yeah, that's just what you do. Well, that was everybody's thing with Phil Spector pulling a gun. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's just what Phil Spector does. That's not just what anybody does. Yeah. Anyway, while they were walk- working on the album, Death of a Salesman, he pulled it on Leonard Cohen. They were both very drunk. Because that was a big part of writing the album. Because they got drunk together.
1: And it he works.
0: he actually put it up to his throat. Ah. And he said, I love you, Leonard. And Leonard Cohen said, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the guy we're dealing with. So, in 1979... He works with the Ramones, which if you've heard the Ramones and you've heard anything Phil Spector did in the early 60s. It doesn't match. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he worked with them on, I don't remember what album it was, but it was like so out of their comfort zone. I think so strange compared to everything else they did. Like he had Joey Ramones sing Baby I Love You, which was a Ronette song. Wow. Yeah, he had him cover it. And I know what you're thinking. They made it their own. No, no, they just played it on their instruments, their punk rock instruments. That's weird. I hope my ear popped again. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, so he does that album, um, which all Ramones fans think is garbage. Oh, Well, I, How do you feel as not, a Ramones fan? Not all, I would say, but I think the majority of Ramones fans think it's garbage. I really like Joey Ramones' Baby, I Love You. Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever accidentally get married... <laughs>
1: If I ever stumble to the altar.
0: <laughs> like in a
1: real wedding? That's going to play
0: at some point. Okay. Yeah. And, uh. I okay. like yeah.
1: you that, accidentally get married. <laughs> yeah. It happens by accident often.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Marky Ramone, which is the second drummer for the Ramones, was a good drinking buddies with Phil. And he was also, his. Fa- he said in his biography that the- his two favorite drinking buddies were Phil Spector and Dee Dee Ramone, which was the basis for the Ramones. Yep. That's just, uh but he said... I'd be afraid to be around somebody's going to pull a
1: gun on me if they're too drunk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he said um, Phil couldn't stand Dee so he couldn't go drinking with both of them at the same time. Aww. Anyway, he hated Dee Dee. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <coughs> it's the Rona. Well, you've got it now. Yeah. He hated Dee He hated Dee because Dee was honestly a mess. Mm. Like, there's... There's... Tom... <laughs> There are. there's a section in Marquis's biography where he talks about kids showing up to the set of Rock and Roll High School and, like, tossing just random pills at Dee, Dee And he's like, all right. And he would pick no! them up off the blacktop at the school no! and eat them, take them. Yeah, anyway, so Phil Spector took a gun with him and basically <laughs> held the band hostage in the studio while they were working on the album. And Dee, Dee said allegedly, Dee, Dee said, I'm going home. Shoot me, don't shoot me, I'm going home. And he leveled the gun at Dee Dee. And uh, yeah, Marky also talked about how he was, he would come in, sometimes he would be like the friendliest guy in the world, and then he would come in unhinged. And he talked about one time, uh, they saw he was like that, and they brought in a couple of girls, and they went into a closet and stayed for a few minutes. They were hookers. Uh-huh. And they left. And he was like, fine after that.
1: Phil wow. Spector.
0: Wow. Yeah. This didn't come out until during the murder trial, which, spoiler alert, there's a murder. Oh,
1: wasn't expecting that. Yeah,
0: an alleged murder. And Deborah Harry from Blondie said he called her to his mansion one night in the 70s to talk about an album. And he said he put a gun in her boot and went bang with his, just said bang. And she's just like, just let me get out of here. I'm not working with this guy. Which, you go, Deborah Harry, you're good. Which, I mean, it didn't take a lot of perception to pick up on. Maybe that's not a, that's guy. Not a great guy to work with, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, good for you. You didn't stick around. Dang. Dang. So, <laughs> anyway, Phil was an alcoholic for most of that time. He finally tried to start turning his life around. Um, didn't work. Most people were try- say he was trying to get out of the alcohol, the drugs, that sort of thing. So after the Phil Spector produced Ramones album, which I've just looked up, was called The End of the Century, came out, um, the Ramones were very vocal about how much they hated it. Okay. Yeah. I think it was, um, yeah, that, like <laughs> they were saying, it was just not very good. Phil Spector was good in the 60s, but that's not really his thing now. Yeah. Which, you know, that was what he accused Veronica of all those years Ronnie. what well, he re- accused Ronnie of all these years. <laughs> He's like, you're so 60s, that's not today. But that's what everybody in the 70s pretty much said.
1: Burn, Harvey.
0: <laughs> so the Ramones hated that album. Or at least Johnny Ramone did, you know. He's kind of the jerk of the group. What's <clears> one <throat> I see? He's the one with the really, really shiny straight hair.
1: Oh, yeah. I love his hair. So pretty. Yeah, you would not like him. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. But he has pretty hair. It looks so soft.
0: <laughs> I don't want soft hair. Anyway. (laughs) So after that, that sends him back into retirement pretty much. Nothing else really takes off after that album comes out. And in 1988, he sells his mansion where he held Veronica Spector captive all those years. And he moves to a mansion in Alhambra, which he... Where is that? Alhambra. It's apparently... We're from the South, so I'm assuming it's still in LA, but it's like...
1: Oh, okay. A very
0: middle-class neighborhood in L.A.
1: Oh, so he's done with Beverly Hills. He's done with Lost Beverly off. Hills.
0: He's, like, locking himself in. He's like, this is where I live now. You're not coming in. That's yeah. not good for you, but okay, sure. Whatever, Harbs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he just sort of stayed by himself from then on. He, I think in the 90s and sometime... Paul McCartney re-releases the album Phil Spector produced, let it be (laughs) stripped of all of his um, signature wall of sound stuff. Oh, wow. So that's like another nail in the coffin of his career. So by 2003, February 3rd, he was pretty much out of the spotlight. None of the kids knew who Phil Spector were, anything like that. So from witness testimony, he meets... Ronnie Davis, which is, I believe, his girlfriend at the time, at a club, and they start drinking together. She gets concerned with the amount he's drinking. So he's like, "Can we go home?" She said, "I, I need to go home. I'm tired of this." So Phil drops her off. she he, and he gets another drink with another woman at Dantana's. He wasn't driving, was he? No. Uh, okay. there's a chauffeur, and the chauffeur figures very heavily into the story. Okay. will see you later. Um, so, they drop her off at home. He pick, meets another girl at a different club. She said he didn't look like he had a lot to drink at that point. So, they kept drinking. But we already know he'd been drinking <laughs> from the um, testimony of Ronnie Davis. Um, so, one thirty, they head to the House of Blues. And this is about 30 minutes before. Uh, Kathy Sullivan is the woman he meets at Don Thomas, and they go to the House of Blues at one thirty, which is about 30 minutes before closing time. And they're going to the private VIP area called the Foundation Room. Lana Clarkson is manning the rope to let in celebrities. Lana Clarkson was a, a very tall B-movie actress, and she was famous for playing warriors in mm-hmm. fantasy-type films. I tried watching one of her films, and no. I honestly um barbarian queen wasn't on amazon prime so i watched a different one called it doesn't matter what it was called it was kind of dumb okay well and she plays a female warrior in it and um they're like i don't care what kind of man you are and she opens her cloak and she she's not wearing a shirt oh which you know if you were going to fight somebody why would you wear a shirt it's just gonna get ripped up anyways i guess yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. If I get stabbed, I don't want my best shirt to get have blood on it.
0: Yeah, so I made it maybe half an hour in that movie. Well, that's valid. <laughs> that's how long it took Lana Clarkson I think to get there. I'm estimating, and um, I didn't watch much after that because she never puts on the shirt that I saw. Oh wow, okay. That's <laughs> just like what she does. Chill. That's her costume. You do you, boo. Anyway, it was the 1980s, and if you were a B movie actress, like they, I watched one. Documentary that had her director in that he's like, I was looking for a tall, good-looking woman who looked like she could be a warrior, and she was not afraid to do the B movie roles to get somewhere, and that was in the eighties. It was two thousand three, and her that didn't get her anywhere. Oh, (laughs) unfortunately, so she was moonlighting at the House of Blues, working the rope to the VIP area. So Phil Spector comes up with. Kathy Sullivan, and from her testimony, Lana tried to keep him out because it was almost closing time, and he was kind of already drunk, of course, and um, they say she committed two capital sins in Hollywood. One, she didn't know who Phil Spector was, and two, he was so small and he was wearing a wig and, you know, his flame-white clothes, so she thought he was just a diminutive woman, and he's like, I'm sorry, miss. Um, and he's like, Do you know who I am? And uh, she said, No. But eventually, a co worker clued her in. So she lets them in. So Phil proceeds to order another shot immediately and says, Kathy, um, you have a drink too. And she says, No. She's had enough. She's just going to have water. He gets so angry at her, she leaves. So Lana comes in because. Th- They're almost closed. And he asked Lana to have a drink. And she says, hey, can I have a drink with a customer? And her manager says, no, No. (laughs) that's not how work works. But she was about to get off. So she was helping him out to his limo after, um, after close, they did close and he was going home and the chauffeur overheard her say, um, Phil invited her to come have a drink at his castle. Lana said no initially. Stand by that girl. <laughs> yeah, Phil keeps going. Which, if you're a dude, don't keep going when someone says no. When they say no, they mean no. And also, ladies, don't just go home with a man like that. <laughs> yeah. Also, everybody, because we're yeah. not we're not sexist, and anybody <laughs> can be a jerk. It's true. Uh, like a criminal jerk. <laughs> When anybody says no to anybody, no means no. Okay. Anyway, Phil, didn't, safe. Take, Phil didn't take no for an answer. Of course he didn't. <laughs> so he eventually, according to the driver, gets her to pile in the car. Um, he said, "Let's keep. let's go to the castle. Let's go to the castle. She gets in. She tells the limo driver, she's like, okay, I'm just going to have one drink. And Phil yells at her not to talk to the chauffeur. Because let it, me
1: out right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, of course Phil does that though because he's he's Harvey Specter. What else is he gonna do? <laughs> so on the way to the mansion, they watch the film "Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye." And they get to the castle around three a.m. what you said on the way they watched that. Yeah. So he already had
1: like a TV in his limo in two thousand three. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I thought that's mm-hmm. early for that,
0: isn't it? Money can get you anything. Well, I feel like the DVD players were already
1: around. those little ones. Yeah, I guess I was just picturing like a screen like built into it. Yeah,
0: I watched Being There because it's filmed at the Biltmore Estate, um, and they had a movie where you could get ca- a a TV with cable somehow in there. I think it was antenna, maybe in okay. their limo. That was a movie, but you know, okay. I'm sure it was real. I'm sure that technology existed. Anyway, they watched. um Kiss tomorrow goodbye, which is kind of prophetic.
1: Oh oh oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they get to the mansion around three a.m. She was just going to have one drink, and the chauffeur is waiting outside to take her home. But <laughs> but just before five, he hears a gunshot. He's like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and the next thing you knew, Phil came out of the mansion. He was holding a gun. He says, "I think I killed somebody." So the police come in, uh, the the chauffeur calls the police. He barely, I think, looks in, sees Lana. He's like, someone, or I don't think he even looked in the, he's like, I've heard a gunshot. Um, Phil Spector came out and said he thought he killed somebody. And the police come immediately.
1: Did he not even like go and try to help
0: would you go in a mansion if you just heard a gunshot and somebody came out But it's like, he gun? came out
1: and he was like, hey, um, here's
0: the deal. <laughs> then, like, I feel like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, this chauffeur called 911 immediately. Well, yeah, you call
1: 911 and then you go in there and, like, try to help. That's what you should do.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking he was probably, he probably knew something bad was happening. And um, anyway, he called 911, which was, <laughs> so they call, the police arrive at the castle. Um, they find Lana Clarkson dead, with a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, teeth lying all over the floor. The gun had apparently gone off inside her mouth. Teeth things really get me. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, Mister Spectre, put your head hands over your head. When he's talking to him outside, and they're trying to investigate everything, and he does, but he keeps putting him down and putting them in his pocket, and he does that, and he keeps put, and they're like. Put your hands over your head. They tell him several times. Uh, And he keeps putting his hands in his pocket and they think he's reaching for a gun. Well, yeah. So they taser him. That's good police work. It is. (laughs) They didn't didn't even shoot anybody. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So they search through the mansion and they know something's not right. Like Phil's telling them it was a suicide. She committed suicide. But they had um, Andrew De police call. Where he
1: literally said, I just shot somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I think I killed somebody, whatever it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. On the, um, he, he tells the police on the actual 911 call, he said, I think I hit, killed her. So uh, they mm. find Lana and the gun's lying at her feet. It's apparently been wiped off. And they start looking around the mansion. Why would well, it have been wiped off if it was suicide? That's a good question. <laughs> but that figured it into the trial.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they look around and they find blood smudges on some of the doorknobs. In one bathroom, they find a diaper that had been covered in blood. They didn't give a lot of context for that. I think it was like an adult cloth diaper. Something like that. Okay. I believe that's what I heard. I was typing very quickly. There was there was some cloth covered in blood in one of the bathrooms. Okay. The most important piece of evidence was Phil Spector's white coat he'd been wearing, which did not visibly appear to have any blood on it. So they took that into evidence and they took it to um, forensics. Yeah, forensics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an investigator. I don't know things. Anyway, thank you, murder podcasts. <laughs> so they take Phil in he's obviously still drunk um and they examine Lana Clarkson and they do an autopsy and of course when you die your blood alcohol f- freezes where it was so they could tell that she was just over the legal limit okay uh, not too far over i don't think but she, they did have traces of Vicodin in her system which you'll come out in the trial she that was prescription for her headaches okay but she did have a bad habit of drinking um alcohol when she was on yeah can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. How long was she at, at the house before this went down? Less than two hours. Okay, because they get they got there at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. and the gunshot. He heard the gunshot just before five. Okay. So when the coroner's report comes back, he rules it as unequivocally not a suicide, well, therefore well. a homicide. <laughs> They had Phil Spector in custody, and they were interrogating him. He was, of course, over the limit. So he was talking about how he was across the room when the gun went off, and he was calling her all kinds of names. Basically, her attitude was she was somebody who had had the audacity to come into his house and commit suicide in front of him. Oh. <laughs>
1: and he was Poor out, Harvey.
0: He was making out like he was the victim there.
1: Poor Harvey. I feel yeah. so bad for him.
0: Yeah. And uh, he's like, and he reenacted the suicide for them. He's like, and she just put the gun to her head and he and he jerked his head back. I thought it was in her he, mouth. He pulled the trigger. Yeah, he said against the head, but you know, he was also drunk. Okay. So a lot of his testimony is going to be used in the trial, but, or they think it is. The defense think it thinks it is. And they take the white coat he was wearing into forensics and it comes up that there are mist mist like splatters of blood and they said the only way that could have happened was if he was standing within three feet of her when the gun went off um and that he was probably holding the gun when it happened they examined both the hands and they find a lot of Residue? What's it called? Gun residue on Lana Clarkson's hands, but only two particles on Phil Spector's. Hmm. And of course, the defense says a lot about that. Um, yeah. The other side of that coin is if she were trying to get the gun out of her mouth, that's, yeah. Her guns would have been over the hands and possibly covering her hands. Her hands would have been over the gun. Her guns would have been over the hands, is what you said. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well. It happens. It does. It happens to me a lot. So welcome to middle name Hercules. (laughs) Oh, we're from the South. We're from the South. (laughs) That's not a Southern thing. That's just. But you should know. We like to remind people. (laughs) In case you couldn't tell. So, um, Phil hires Leslie Abram. Nope, 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 nope. Mm -hmm. Phil is charged with second-degree murder, and he posts bail at $1 million. (sighs) So, Phil Spector hires Robert Shapiro for his defense team, and he is famous. Ben Shapiro. That's the name I know. Sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He's Ben Shapiro. He's one of those Fox News people. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, Robert (laughs) Shapiro was O.J. Simpson's defense attorney. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's got quite a reputation already. And he builds up publicity around the event to spin the narrative in Phil's favor. Of course. Phil also hires Leslie Abramson, who is famous for her role in the legal defense of Lyle and Eric Men- Menendez. <laughs> is it Menendez or Menendez? It's Menendez. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I just can't read. If you hear a dog, it's because there's a dog. <laughs> His name's Charlie. So, Le- Leslie Abrams defended Eric and Lyle?
0: Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> Menendez. Yeah. Okay. You got her name wrong, though. Oh. <laughs> so, Leslie Hope Abramson. Abramson. I was so close. You were. Leslie Hope Abramson um, defended Lyle and Eric Menendez, and she was a famous attorney. We don't know a lot about it because we were not around much. Mm, nope. I was in elementary school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he hires her as part of his dream team that's going to get him off. Ew. Yeah. So she holds a press conference and she's going to talk to the press. Phil's going to be there, of course. He's not going to talk. That's Phil's job. Phil's job is not to talk. He doesn't do that well, does he? I just get a feeling. He does not do that well. (laughs) So she's um, talking to um, the reporter. She's saying this was a case of suicide. Mr. Spector's been falsely accused of the death of poor Lana Clarkson. And he keeps interrupting her. Like, you can see her on tape. Turn around and say, stop, stop.
1: Of course he does.
0: (laughs) And he's like, he keeps throwing out, like, I've been... Sorry if you hear a dog. It's because there's a dog in the house. (laughs) (laughs) I've been persecuted by the Hitler-like defense attorney and his army of storm-trooping...
1: That's a lot. Police
0: officers. And he plays it off like he's the victim the whole time. That's a lot. Yes. So Leslie Abramson quits not long after that. I
1: don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, he calls in a New York attorney named Bruce Cutler. Uh, and he appears in court because at this point, of course, he wore a lot of wigs. And he was wearing one... To Was he balding or something? Yes. Oh, okay. That was one of, I didn't bring it up in the last episode, but since the early 60s, he worn toupees. Oh, okay. That was one of his big, um, it was one of his big. uh, Insecurities? Yes, insecurities. (laughs) Um, And he'd had like a fro at the beginning of this trial, and he thought it was like a tribute to all these great blues musicians he knew growing up. It just made him look like a crazy person. Yeah. So he's like, I need a new wig. So he came in in a blonde page boy. Oh, man. A bright blonde page boy wig. Dude, at least be consistent. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um, that kind of made him look a little insane. But you know.
1: Yeah. Well, he was insane. Let's get
0: real here. Yeah. And he also had a new wife in in her 20s. And he was, what, in his 60s at this point? I believe so probably older. He was in his 20s in the early 60s. So, not to be 40 years, 40 years later. Okay, okay. So, he was in his 60s. He had a new wife named Rochelle who insisted he was innocent. Well, of course. You have to stand by your mans. Yeah. (sighs) No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just don't marry that mans. (laughs) So, the defense was sure they were going to use Phil Spector's interrogation from when he was first arrested, the the night they or the morning they discovered Lana Clarkson. So they are prepared to make rebut that because, I'm surprised they'd even allow that in court. Well if he was so intoxicated. He was so intoxicated but what he was saying was actually gonna back up the suicide story. Oh, okay. So and the prosecution knew this. So the prosecution made their opening but I'm surprised either side could use it. That's what I'm saying. I don't
1: know. It's odd to me. If somebody's like that intoxicated, it seems like you'd wait till like the next day when they come down a little bit.
0: Well, I think they had. But okay. it was still, you know, he was still. Well, yeah. I mean, shaken. I get that. But
1: I'm just thinking, I thought that they like interrogated him right then. I was like.
0: I'm pretty sure it was early on. Anyway, it was. Sorry. <laughs> it was technically allowed, um, but the prosecution left it out of their opening arguments entirely. And the defense was like reeling from that. So Bruce Cutler gets up and he's like, "I just, I don't even know how to." Dude, like... you prepare for anything. That's your job, your literal job. I feel like my pants are down. That's a direct quote that he said in court. So they call for a recess until the next day, and they get it.
1: No, no, that's your fault for not being prepared.
0: Yeah, the judge. Oh. Says, during the trial, they call in several of Phil Spector's past girlfriends and several other women he'd pull guns on. Did and Ronnie get to go? No, Ronnie Aww. stayed far away.
1: Which, well, I mean, it's good that she stayed far away, but also, like, I would love for her to have had that moment of... Oh, yeah. Ha-ha.
0: This <laughs> yeah. is also when Deborah Harry talks... Debbie Harry, Sorry. I don't know why I'm calling everybody their full name now. It's weird. It's freaking me out. Bill Spector's had a bad influence on me. Like when I was reading about how paranoid and making notes about that last week, I was like, I'm not seeing anything come up in the group chat in a long time. I bet they have a new group chat without me, so no. I can talk about. It. And no. I'm like, oh god, Bill <laughs> Spector's making me paranoid. We definitely don't have a new group chat. <laughs> I- I got over it after that. I'm like, no, they don't. You're being insane.
1: (laughs) Our church group is just going to leave you
0: out and start talking about you. I wouldn't put anything past you when I'm reading about Phil Spector. I was like, (laughs) ah! Anyway, I was in a dark place, and I'm like, I cannot talk about Phil Spector too much longer. (laughs) I cannot keep reading about this man. (laughs) You've done what, like a month's worth of research for this? I've done quite a bit. I don't know if it's a full month. Okay. I know it's Um, been a while. I read Ronnie Spector, most of her book, I read part of another book, I've watched several documentaries. Um,
1: If y'all are wondering, this is much more research than I will ever do.
0: (laughs) It might be much more research than I will ever do again, but I'm going to try my best.
1: I'm <laughs> not here to read books.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so they called several of his ex-girlfriends, that sort of thing, up to the stand. They talked about it. And Bruce Cutler got very aggressive with him on the stand. And that's his New York style. Ew. That's what he was known for. Like, when you get cross-examined, they used to call it, you got bruised <laughs> Ew. Or something like that. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When he would cross-examine them. And you know who else didn't like it? The judge. Good. So he starts going in. He's like, you made an assumption. And he's pointing at them with both fingers. And he's yelling at the witness. And the judge says, Mr. Cutler. You will not yell at any witness in my courtroom. We don't do that here. Yes. And he does this in front of the jury. And that hurts his case tremendously. Yeah. So it comes down, and I believe they spend four days deliberating the jury. And they come back, and the foreman thinks, due to the defense's um, assassination, basically on Lana Clarkson's mental state, he's like, I can see this. She was getting older. Her career was in a bad place. I can see her killing him- herself. So it was him and one other that held out, and it was a hung jury. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. So. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That was their reasoning? Yeah. Yeah, that was the- his reasoning.
1: That's the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a while.
0: Yeah. And all you ever ever hear about Lana Clarkson, which is we, we know comedy can cover up a lot of hurt, Mm-hmm. Was that she was like wow. one of the most funny people you'd ever meet? She would love life. She was vivacious, everything yeah. like that. Yeah, that's just that's
1: hard to look at somebody because I me, mean, you have like Robin Wilson, and yeah, it is. So
0: yeah, and they ruled that that paired with her Vicodin use, which was prescription, mm-hmm. that drove her to commit suicide in front of a man she just met. That just seems so unlikely. Yeah. And they called in their own, the defense called in their own expert witnesses, basically, that said the opposite of whatever the state's people said about the forensic evidence. Did their job. (laughs) Yeah. The forensic evidence, the state said, pointed to him holding the gun and firing it. And, you know, the other expert witnesses said, well, no, it didn't. It points to him being across the room. But if they're literally saying he had
1: to be three feet away for those blood splatters to be on him.
0: Um, I guess air conditioning misted them across the room. I don't know. Because they said there was not enough blood on the jacket. And again, they pointed to those two particles on his hands. Mm-hmm. Which, how did he get any particles on his hands? And why would he move the gun?
1: Yeah, I mean, if he
0: cleaned the gun, he could have cleaned his hands. Yeah. That's not... Anyway, so there was some forensic evidence that um, hurt the prosecution's case, but that was in the end. They argued that Lana's mental state. That's so stupid. When, when you had so many people arguing about Phil's state, and it was well known, yeah, um, documented over several years, <laughs> yeah, over s- several decades, yeah, <laughs> that he liked to pull guns on people.
1: The freaking Beatles will tell you, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in their in their closing arguments, or one of the expert witnesses say. It was a stupid impulse, and when people what or, like, it was a stupid impulse, is the actual phrase they used for <laughs> Lana Specter committing suicide. Because when people are under the <laughs> under the influence of alcohol and drugs, they have stupid impulses. Mm. Like, Lana was under, the only one under. Yeah. That sort of thing. Gosh. Yeah, so it was a declared it mistrial at, 10 to 2. So, they go to retrial, I guess, months, years later, I don't know. The murder happened in 2003. It, why, the last trial verdict comes back on April 13th, 2009. So several years pass. And the defense, in a weird sort of… I don't know why they would choose to do this, but they chose to bring out even more stories of Phil Spector pulling guns on people. Of all different things, and I guess because
1: he didn't shoot them.
0: Yeah, and their argument was it never went off then. Yep. <laughs> he used it like it, people use exclamation points.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, and um, of course the prosecution was like, if you keep pulling it out, it's going to go off. So, and they re-examined Lana's prescription drug use of Vicodin, mm-hmm. and that was all of what the defense argued. And the prosecution puts Lana Clarkson's mother on the stand, and she talks about how she was talking to Lana that day, and the day before, or the day of her murder, um, they went out to buy shoes for her new job Uh at the House of Blues, and essentially it comes down to people who are about to commit suicide don't plan shoes. Yeah, they don't plan for anything. Yeah. So on April 13th, 2009, Phil Spector was found guilty of secondary-degree murder. And the reporter I was watching on the documentary yesterday, I think, really did not like Phil Spector. (laughs) Because he summed it up by saying, in prison, they took his wigs. Phil petitioned to have a hat. That was denied. And finally, he was granted the use of a yarmulke. And that's the end of Phil Spector's story for now.
1: Yay! Did it say, like, how many years he got anywhere? Um,
0: I believe he's eligible for parole in 2025. Because that's too soon. I think so, from what I've read.
1: And if, he's probably in a cushy prison, so he'll still be alive. Yeah.
0: But he, he's very old, so. I don't
1: care. He's very vengeful of you.
0: So I'm sorry, I don't like him. What do we think of Phil Spector? He's the worst. We didn't do any key things that we wanted to do with her. We did not look up how tall Phil Spector was. Are we recording right now? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Phil Spector. He has short man energy. I I mean, Lana Clarkson confused him for a diminutive woman. A diminutive Not just a woman, a small woman. Like, he just has short
1: guy energy. Like, he needs to be, like, bigger than everybody else so he has a gun.
0: Yeah. Which, I don't think I mentioned this in the first podcast, but, like, when he came back to his high school reunion, he came in a limo and... He wanted everybody to know he was there. So he walked around, didn't talk to anybody, but he had three bodyguards. That's stupid. Yeah. And he would always carry a gun with him everywhere he w- went and that sort of thing. Ew. Yeah. Phil Spector is 5'5". Five five.
1: Yep. Makes sense.
0: <laughs> He's two inches taller than me. So I think I'm going to... He's an
1: inch shorter than Roger Daltrey. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> think about that.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So, see, height makes no difference because you could be Phil Spector, but you might also be Roger Daltrey. Roger Daltrey, <laughs> personality-wise. So, um, how attractive do we think Phil Spector is? know. Uh, no, uh, no, not at all. No, not at all. i I've not
1: seen him, but <laughs> just what's in my head is you.
0: <laughs> what's
1: the takeaway from the story? Do you feel?
0: What are you taking away?
1: Um, don't beat your spouse or lock them in your house that's yeah. a good one I think
0: um, yeah <laughs> don't kill people that's a good one too <laughs> that's a good one guns are not exclamation points
1: no if you're going
0: to own a gun be responsible if you must <laughs> he apparently pulled a semi-automatic weapon on Debbie Harry by you the can't way, do that in his own house and she's like why were you carrying that in your own house gosh yeah Remember that
1: time that, or every time we watch Blondie, and your mom just thinks Debbie Harry is Blondie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people think that. Unfortunately, it's so sad. Yeah, she, she's not Blondie. She's
1: I can't Debbie wait Harry. to talk
0: about Debbie Harry.
1: Did we put her on the list? Yeah, she's on okay. the list. Okay, Blondie's on the list. Oh, so uh, okay. Yeah, list. yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Um,
0: <laughs> she was she was really good friends with uh, Joey Ramone. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I know. There's pictures of her and Roger Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I know all
0: the queens. That'll be fun. Oh, are you ready to reveal who we're going to be talking about next week? As long as nothing changes. Oh, no.
1: Who knows? You never know what's going to happen.
0: It'll be Led Zeppelin. Woo! Led Zeppelin. And it'll just be one part, most likely. So. Yeah. Um, if you have requests of people you'd like us to talk about, leave us a comment. Yeah. Or uh, send us a message somehow. I'm Hannah. And I'm Megan. And this is Middle Name Hercules. Woo! Good night. Or morning. Yeah, wherever you are. Middle Name Hercules has been a production of Megan and Hannah, who don't know what they're talking about. Send your hate mail to middlenamehercules@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Find information about us at middlenamehercules.com. Stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr. It's been fun, everybody. See you next week.